0: Sophie, have you seen that that she's a ten meme is still going? I know it's still, it's like, it's still going, and I love it because it's started to like become more niche. So there's a she's a ten, but she couldn't get tickets to Paramore, or she's a ten, but she records the whole concert.
1: (laughs) I don't like it because there's loads of people going, oh he's a four about himself but he listens to deaf tones just waiting for people to get in the chat going oh that makes you a 10 king (laughs) and it's like oh come on you know you're not a four you've looked in the fucking mirror you've seen your dms you know you're up there give over Hello and welcome to On Wednesdays We Wear Black with me, Sophie K and Yasmin Suman. Hey, and the demons yeah. inside of our head. Meow yeah. yeah. What colour are you dyeing your hair next? I see you keep posting about it.
0: I don't know. Honestly, my hair needs to be left alone. I'm kind of thinking purple though. Yellow. If I'm <laughs> bald, then I'm bald. <laughs> oh well.
1: Get in touch on our um, Gmail. Get in touch. It's wewearblackpod at gmail.com and tell or us what colour you can just tweet us you know? or tweet us whatever if but I just need more email emails. like a freak I'm kidding but just tell us
0: what, what colour you think Yasmin should go I still haven't got a tattoo from us winning I said that I would get a tattoo if we won Yeah. and I haven't got a tattoo for our lies. HMA win so let me email tweet send us a DM and let us know what tattoo I should
1: get Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Right, so this week it's another scene news and today it's juicy, juicy, juicy. Juicy, juicy, it's going to
0: be good. Well, usually when it's juicy, there's bad things happening in the scene. So, you know, maybe we
1: should... Yeah, probably juicy is the wrong word. To be honest, I was looking through the news and there was loads um, and there was a lot of sad stories. One of my favourite stories that we're not going to cover too much is Henry Winkler, who was... He played the Fonz in a 70s TV show called Happy Days. And if you grew up in like the 90s, Happy Days was always on the telly. And so like the Fonz was the cool dude. He was the guy in the biker jacket. And he was talking about how he had a complete meltdown when he met Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones in a restaurant and he was so busy going, I love your music, hi. And Mick Jagger just wasn't really saying hi. And I thought that was so cute.
0: Oh, I hate when artists do that. If I was ever a famous celebrity, I'd be like, No, thank you, I love you and then people would think I'm weird, which is why I'm not famous.
1: Especially when you're as like famous as he is, a famous actor like he is. Like there is no way at some point that Mick Jagger didn't watch Happy Days. Like isn't this anyway Maybe
0: he was just in shock that the guy from Happy Days knew who he was.
1: No, he was just being he was just being a Mick moody Jagger. Moody yeah. twat. Um, right okay so let's have a look at some of the news that's come up. Really sad story to start actually and it ties into what um, you'll be talking about over on socials because Talinda Bennington who was Chester Bennington's wife um, posted a beautiful clip soundtracked by Dead by Sunrise's Give Me Your Name and she added the words just sitting here thinking that I can't believe it's been five years since I saw you and kissed your sweet face goodbye. Wow. And that is absolutely savage. Obviously she got lots of love. Um, but it's just heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking, yeah. It's
0: been five years since Jester Bennington passed away and it just breaks my heart because it's like, he was
1: such an important person in our scene. And so many people were constantly attacking him for the music, saying it's not the way it used to be. He was just, he had it hard. But here's the thing, right? I know if you're feeling rough right now, you might go, well, he mattered more. More people cared about him. For him to take his life the way he did he he wouldn't have been able to be connected with how many people cared about him and how many people yeah. care i, I yeah. don't know if he knew but a connection is something different and so whatever you're going through just keep going please don't give up the fight amen, amen. you are needed um i've also got the most awkward situation i think that's ever happened on social media okay so, Matt who took over for Tom DeLonge in 2015 mm. in the band Blink 182, okay. contributed to the band's last two um, records, California and 2019's Nine, and he wasn't in 2020's Quarantine single. That said, he did appear in the music video for it. Interesting, okay.
0: part one. Okay,
1: now, a Now, because he wasn't in that, a lot of fans were like, mm, what's going on here? So someone over on uh, Instagram who calls himself Blinkin Park eighty nine, love the screen name. Love name, yeah. Um, so Matt Skeba posted a, a picture of himself at the National World War II Museum, and this person commented and said, "You guys think he's still in Blink? No Blink content here, and the Blink guys don't post pictures with Matt." And they have been posting a lot of throwback pictures on the Blink pages, like all the all the Blink members have been posting those old school pictures. Mm. Skeba then responds to this person right. and goes, your guess is as good as mine. Regardless, I'm very proud and thankful of my time with Blink-182. Tag <gasps> them in and said, we shall see, dot, dot, dot. Oh! No! That's so controversial. That's so no. awkward. No, that's bad. Doing it <laughs> over tw- over Instagram like that.
0: That, it reminds me of when... Um, when Danny you remember when Danny Walsenop left his other band to go rejoin Ask Alexandria and they were kind of just like yeah we don't really know what he's doing at the moment we found out when you guys found out and it's like
1: shit it's awkward and you'd think bands of that size would know a little bit better but I get the feeling I get the feeling that they're in talks with Tom and there's a lot of like maybe tickling here and there but they're not quite sure so they're keeping Matt Skiba sweet
0: the last time they posted Matt Skiba was
1: in 2020. It's been two years. And do you know what, if there's any Americans listening, just to let you know, I did an interview with the band and I asked, are we allowed to call you Blink-182 because that's what we call you here in the UK? It's Blink-182 in America. And people always argue about it. Matt Skiba said, uh, it's Blink-182. And then and then um, Mark interrupted him and went, no, you can call it Blink-182. There's... No problem with that.
0: I call it Blink one hundred and eighty.
1: Of course, you do just to be <laughs> awkward, right? Okay, more stories. This one's this is a heavy one. Okay, Pantera are <sighs> back and going to be touring. For fuck's now, sake! This is this is big, and this is a really in-depth um, thing. So, if you don't know, Pantera are one of the iconic metal bands of our time they however went through something horrendous that you wouldn't wish upon anybody in 2004 dimebag Darrell, who's their guitarist was shot whilst performing on stage really did you not know that no yeah he was shot on stage in front of fans and everything Jeez. like brutal. Jesus. brutal um let's not forget that vinnie paul was dimebag daryl's brother and he he played drums in the band, so like, oh my God. what a traumatic experience! Wow, traumatic. Now, I'm just giving you the backstory because I know we have a lot of listeners who are little baby emos, and they talk about Pantera, and might not know the full history. It's me, I'm the baby emo. <laughs> um, so now, what ended up happening as this progresses? Because Pantera, let's let's be honest here, they have some amazing tracks. Um. And there was always trouble in the camp of Mm. Pantera. Like there's always been stuff going through, but just reading through here, one of the biggest things that people are talking about when it comes to Pantera getting back together, quote unquote, is a quote from Vinnie Paul. um, And he said, and this was to Ultimate Classic Rock, I believe, we had 14 amazing years together and we sold nearly 40 million records around the world. That's something pretty, um, that's some pretty amazing stuff. And the band is actually, to me, bigger today than it was then. I mean, it really is. It's really grown and grown and grown. There's plenty of DVDs and videos out there for them to watch. Mm. He wrapped up saying he had no interest in playing with those guys as he was busy with his project, Hell Yeah. Hell Yeah. And he said, um, in 2018, he said, about Phil Anselmo, and this is after, in 2016, when Phil Anselmo shouted white power and held on stage. Um, he's done a lot of things that tarnish the image of what Pantera was back then, and what it stood for, and what it was all about. And it's sad, but I carry on with what I do, which I'm very, very proud of. And you know, I can't control anything that goes on with that dude. And he says, I haven't spoken to him since 2000. We tried making amends when we were doing damage plan, but he didn't want anything to do with it. And the horrible thing that happened to my brother and to me was the nail in the coffin, period.
0: Wow. So, let's put
1: this into context. Now, Vinnie Paul passes away. Mm. And not that long after he died, you've got Rex and Phil doing Pantera again and so people are really divided on where they stand with this
0: my issue with all of this is that people this is gonna sound so stupid but let me die on this hill my issue is that people are like mm, it's not the fact that he's racist it's the fact that he's starting this band up again when one of the ex-members who started it said they don't want to do it anymore like of all the struggles let's start with the fact that he did the white power sig come on i
1: I I can't listen to Pantera in the same way I used to be able to. Yeah. But the one thing that I can't get my head over around, sorry, is the fact that he apologised for where for like saying some racist stuff in the nineties and he genuinely heartfelt apologised for that. Mm. And he said it's because I was naive and I was young and I didn't really understand the issue. Mm. And then he also has I know this isn't an excuse he has a lot of black friends. And I'm like, why would you have black friends if you're that extreme? And I'm wondering if he's just like I'm wondering if he's just one of those people who's like not nazi racist but is but does racism without realizing it's racist. Does that make sense? Did, did you just say well he's got black friends? No, 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 no. no. Listen. Listen. Ser- listen I I need to
0: process that
1: because I think there is a difference I think there's a spectrum of racism and sometimes we treat it like this binary thing and I wonder whether we're treating whether he often, I'm not defending him Like I'm totally against what he did and I call him out publicly I would hope so Sophie I regularly call him out, you've seen it I'm one of the few people that called him out back in the day Craig Reynolds as well from Downbeat Podcast shout out to him But I wonder whether on the spectrum of racism where he sits, and that's what I want to know. I'm not saying that that's what
0: I think. Yeah, I feel like you're right. It's just you took me off guard by saying he has black friends. (laughs) No,
1: but if you were genuinely like white power, why would you have black like black friends? If you're genuine, like I hate these people, they are the scum of the earth. You wouldn't have any black friends, right? i'm surprised he has friends at all but here we are it's interesting anyway i just there's more to be discovered in that world and mm. i keep trying him for an interview he won't do an interview with me um and i want to ask these questions i want to i think know. you should do what craig said just turn around and be like do you not want to be interviewed by a black woman? well apparently he's saying he's not doing interviews anymore really because he keeps getting mm. grilled about this understandably and rightly so but he d- it doesn't sit right with me this pantera reunion if i'm completely honest
0: there's just too many icks there's too many icks it's yeah. not just one thing there's like multiple icks layered into why they just shouldn't be getting back together also like let the legacy die let it just let it be at peace stop trying to revive stop trying to beat a dead horse like they could he could just leave pantera alone Have that legacy, and then do whatever he wants, and at least people will be like, "Well, I hate Phil Anselmo's solo stuff, but he was great in Pantera." Here's a question for you, then. So, like, this has got me thinking now about about lead singers who keep reviving bands after the bands have died, or not even the bands have died; just like the rest of the members have either left, died, or said, "We don't want to do this anymore." Panic at the Disco.
1: I knew you were going to go Panic at the Disco. Panic at the
0: (laughs) Disco. Let's go there. Let's let's go there, girlie. Because for people who don't know, Brendan Urie is the remaining OG member of Panic at the Disco. Um, He didn't solely form it. Ryan Ross and all the other members formed it as well. But they all left. They've all done their own thing. I'm pretty sure one of them is in I don't know how, but they found me with the ex-guitarist or bassist of Falling in Reverse. Um, Both traumatised. I love I Don't Know How because it's like they're just two people who were in a band with other people they hated. (laughs) They've come together to make a band that's good. Anyway, Brendan Urie's back he's making money uh, music and money <laughs> and money and, and under the panic at the disco name and a lot of people keep saying uh, on twitter especially that he should just make music under his own name instead of the panic at the disco name because it's ruining the legacy of
1: panic at the disco mm interesting
0: because that new song they put out Viva Las Vegas or whatever is literally just another like rip off of what was that song that the what was the what was the song? What was the album they put out? What was the uh, "Pray for the Wicked"? Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a budget "Pray for the Wicked." I'm not a fan of that song. That's
1: brutal. That's a brutal. Uh... It's just
0: got no substance. It's like, oh, Brendan Urie is doing Vegas and Broadway songs. Ha ha. That's so different than what he did for the past two albums. Whoa. Ha
1: ha. ha. So, what's your question? My
0: question is, should he go under a solo name? Or should he continue does he have the right to go into the Panic at the disco name? Well he has the right. It is his is his band. But yeah. like he is ruining the legacy by continuing to do it when he can is just he, make though? music
1: and do a solo name. Is he though when they're bigger than ever? I wouldn't say they're bigger than
0: ever. They were bigger than ever. Now they've
1: kind of dropped off. Hmm. I don't know, I just heard them getting played on a lot of mainstream stations. And I'm like, Wow, okay, fair play. But is the song being played their new
0: song or the most popular songs? Because that's that's the difference.
1: Oh, I'm talking about them getting played years ago.
0: Oh, that's what I mean, though. Like, recently, in recent years, they've kind of dropped off. And, like, I don't know how I feel about it. I do think it would make more sense and he would get less hate if he just made music under his own name. Because people could then, like, tap in if they want to. Like, they, it would make more sense, but keeping it under the Panic at the Disco name, with everything that's happened to Panic at the Disco, it's like, dude, let that dead horse die. <laughs>
1: I don't know, because, like, people still want I Write Sins. They
0: still want that song. He could sing that live, though, because he has the writing credits. It's kind of like Charlie XEX can sing I Love It by Icona Pop on stage because she wrote it. He mm. could still sing that on stage as a solo artist.
1: I don't know, I, I'm telling you now, if We Wear Black got really big, and you fell out with me, <laughs> um, I'd still be walking around, calling it We Wear Black, and getting In that, that money.
0: Suman. and it's just like,
1: it's just fair enough, me made fair enough. of vegetables. Fair enough, not with Yasmin Suman, but We Wear Black, or if, if something happened to me, and like, you could still walk around with We Wear Black. Slipknot released a new song. Uh, it's cool. they well, they
0: they're coming into their new era, which is the in the end era or the end era.
1: So people are scared that they're gonna break up because If it's the they end. break
0: up, I'm gonna fucking cry But it's not.
1: Corey's working out about it and he's like, no, this is just the start of a new era.
0: I've never even seen them live. So if I if they break have up you... before I see
1: them live Wait. You've never seen Slipknot Live?
0: No. Oh
1: my god. They're never gonna break up. Don't worry, but oh my god. They're I've so never good. seen
0: Slipknot Live, ever.
1: Um, so their song's called The Dying Song Time to Sing um, it's on their seventh studio album Whoa. which Whoa. is the end so far and it's out September 30th
0: I'm excited but they also said- t-
1: tying into this because Vended released um, a track Dead to Me Hey. Uh, also there's other releases from The Interrupters We Live in the Wild be dropping August 5th Deaf Havana have The Present is a Foreign Land polyphia have released Beautifully Dynamic Neurotica. I fucking love Polyphemes. They're so good.
0: Anyway, uh, other releases are Architects. They put out a new Ooh. song called Tear and It's I so loved, good. I love the music video for it. I think it's so cool to see them do, like, I don't know. Is it weird to say big picture stuff? I know Architects are a big picture band, but I get those moments with them where I'm like, holy shit, they're not like the metalcore band. <laughs> they're, not, they're not the metalcore band playing like a dingy dive bar anymore. Yeah. They are like one of the most well-established you know oh i've got to be careful well-established british metal bands to for today like new gen i'm gonna say something new generation british heavy metal because i know you'll come for me and be like well actually no i'm gonna say
1: something that's just gonna piss off so many people you included i'm just gonna say it the music is nothing alike but so let's just talk about genre and where the genre was and where it's come to Um, they're the thinking man's bring the horizon I'm literally going to kill you I'm going to take you
0: out to the back shoot you in the back of the head (laughs) never talk to you ever again that's
1: what they feel like that's what they feel like
0: no I mean no (laughs) no.
1: I feel like bring the horizon I understand why you
0: said that but no I think architects are representative of what British Heavy Metal is because every fucking metalcore band at the moment, in British heavy music, has ripped a fucking riff from Architects.
1: Don't even lie, we've all been there. Not British bands, worldwide bands. All metalcore bands have ripped, ripped Architects. they all the same
0: Architects riff. I don't blame them. Do that's you. what
1: I mean. Bring Me The Horizon are like, super accessible. They're a bit like... Me- Bring Me The Horizon right? great music, I'm not playing them down, but they have become like... They're everywhere. They're like Metallica t-shirts and HM. They've become super... Oh, so architects is for the people who don't want to see.
0: But then, even architects, architects they they're, like,
1: they're they're getting cred, but they still have the respect of the people who who are really anti anything mainstream. That's I what I meant.
0: T- I won't take this slander. Um, speaking of *Bring <laughs> the Horizon*, they also put out a
1: song called *Strangers*. It slaps, pops my oh, that song had a lot of controversy over on Twitter. I mean, on TikTok. What did you think? Why I liked it. People didn't like the new... They thought that Bring Me The Horizon were going to go heavier again and they didn't like the fact it was slightly poppier. Oh my gosh. If you're a
0: fan of Bring Me The Horizon in 2022 and you think that they're going to go one direction and go another direction, get with the programme. Like, they've been doing that since fucking... What was the album? That's The Spirit. That's The Spirit was like their first, like, we're not doing heavy anymore. And then they put out Ammo and it was like, okay, experimenting with a bit of heavy. Then Post Human, super heavy and Mm. now they just do the most they do whatever they feel like like it changes day by day there is no genre for bring me the horizon it's just straight vibes depression and vibes also nova twins part supernova oh yes that's so good it's like they found their sound i know i love kill
1: my boyfriend um because (laughs) Uh, there's reasons um No, I feel that Nova Twins like they've always written great music, but I feel like this release they've just gone have some of that bitches. It
0: feels like like the talent and the and the pussy popping energy was always there, but it feels like they have that industry backing now. Like it's like the two worlds have met. Like the 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 good talented songwriting and and music talents that they've always had and now the actual industry backing where they have that high quality production, the the marketing rollouts, the promotion, like it's just, it's Nova Twins world and we're just living in it. I love that. I'm very proud of them. Very, very proud of them. Also Rico Nasty and uh, Scene Queen have put out some new music. Um, It's just a really interesting place in the world of releases right now. Very happy to to be in the music sphere. Um, Isn't it cool to
1: be able to talk about releases and just have such diversity in there?
0: i know i love it's it nice. it's like architects tear gas which is about the world
1: being terrible and which sounds s- a bit like rammstein by the way but, and, and i'm here for scene it
0: Scene queen writing g-string about getting bitches and they're yeah. both heavy and like <laughs> that is the spear of metal right now it's it's being a whore or hating the world or being both a whore or being who both
1: the world that is you <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway
0: seeing queen um and the world of social media on the internet on the on to interwebs there's been a lot of things happening um firstly speaking of seeing queen she put out a new song called g string went viral on tiktok as per usual everyone got really mad but it was fun it was fun i love seeing people on TikTok, get mad about things. And speaking of people getting mad about things on TikTok, Sophie, you have strong opinions about a TikTok trend that I saw the other day. <sighs> okay. <laughs> the sigh. Um, I'm sure we'll sit here and talk about this for a bit, but I'm going to explain for people who don't know there is
1: a a TikTok people by a girl. come for me on this episode. Do you know how cool. many controversial opinions I've I've spewed out? But can I just reiterate i don't with all my opinions i put them out there because i want healthy debate i want people to get in touch i want people to change my mind i am totally open to it i'm not like this is what i think and i'm putting it out on twitter and i'm going to argue it my name's not runny raggy i am out here with my take so please feel free to challenge me
0: and with that being said let's ruin (laughs) sophie's career entirely there is a i can't remember the girl's name off the top of my head there is a girl on tiktok who made a song called taking my culture back or something along those lines and um it's about how rock music came from black and brown musicians and how she's gonna take the culture back and take rock music back as a black woman um and it received very mixed reviews from people of color some very for it being like fuck yeah let's take it back others pointing out that rock music didn't solely come from black and brown people and white artists contributed to it. It's been a very divisive trend. To the point that um, the creator of the song actually got banned on TikTok from mass reporting. So Sophie, you seem to have strong opinions on this. Go ahead. (sighs) (laughs) The sigh. The fuck. Here we go.
1: I think it's been made for TikTok clout and I think it's divisive and I don't think it's helping move the scene forward. I think if Fever 333 wrote it, I might be a bit more interested because they've got um, they've got a history of speaking out the way they speak, but also they've got a history of not doing things for hits. Um, and I guess this artist has got a lot of, I don't know, this artist has got a lot of history. I'm looking now, this artist has got history in new Metal but I just, I felt it was divisive. Because here's the thing, rock and roll was black music. Metalcore is an evolution from that. And it's, I don't, if you were going to, if you're gonna go out and write a, a song that sounds like Chuck Berry, cool. Yeah, that's black culture. But it's evolved so much to call it black or white culture is divisive And I think, and I get it, it's a song made to target racists, but I think it just widens this gap and creates more hatred within the scene, so that if someone comes, if a brown person's at a gig with mainly white people and these white people have been exposed to songs like that I think it's dividing people whereas I think what Fever 333 are doing is uniting people, and so I'm just, I'm I'm not I think it's a great song, it's well written
0: I'm on the complete opposite side of this, but I also don't know if it's my place to say anything. because Of course it is.
1: I'll give you permission. But no, now I can't because you've made that joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have because at the end of the day, look, Yasmin, the culture that this person is, that Cinnamon Babe is referring to is from the 1970s. Yeah. Like the culture and from 1970s and before yes led zeppelin 100% ripped the way rolling stones ripped black culture yes 100% and are these things an evolution yes fair but anyway you know as much about that history as they do and you speak outwardly on these topics so i think you should
0: i think the sentiment was was I feel the sentiment of it. Like, I understand a lot of young POC artists coming out now have that anger and have that rage, and I get it. I, I fully get it. I back it. I'm with you. I am there with you. But I do understand the double-edged sword of it can sometimes be too divisive um, and, like, isolate your white audience because um, it, it is black culture. But I'm just taking in the points that you just said. But I, mm, I disagree. I think that that perspective in music is just as important as everything else. I think if men <laughs> if white dudes can make the same shit for the past however many years there is room for this. There's room for everyone in this scene and um, I like the song. I think it's really good. I think it's a banger. Um, I understand where you're coming from in the sense of it, is, it can be seen as divisive but I don't know I think that perspective is necessary because it gets people talking. Whether it's like the point is being made in the song or not it gets people like you and me talking and we understand like the
1: situation of race in the scene. So did its job. I think maybe it, for me, it's difficult because a, I'm going to sound well old. And I say this, I find it really difficult hearing a lot of Gen Z's talking about their struggles a lot of the time. And then, cause when you quiz them on it and you're like, Oh God, you're going through what I went through, you quiz them on it. And it's, the scene has progressed so much from when I grew up. So yeah. it's hard for me not to go, what the fuck? That's not that big a deal. That happens. That's every band. It's hard for me not to. Um, uh, what's the word? Invalidate experiences in that sense because. And, and there was an episode of. I don't know if you watched Blackish.
0: Uh, I don't think so. No.
1: Where. Um, yeah, where the one of the characters in Blackish, who's a doctor, is going through the same thing with her young. She's finally got black people around her, but her experience was so much different because she was in the early days. And so sometimes I find it hard when Gen Zs are talking about the experience I went through, which actually isn't that relevant anymore.
0: Yeah, because the scene has progressed. But the the I think scenes. I think it's different because it's like that's all that Gen Z know and it's still prevalent. I don't know. For me, it's hard to speak because I've experienced like flat-out racism, like genuine racism in the scene, like Nazi racism. So I'm the exception to the rule. But I do No, you're think... not an
1: exception. I think that still does happen. I'm not denying that.
0: Okay, because I, I, it's a tricky one. It's like as we progress as a scene and we become more open-minded, we should still have these conversations, but I think the 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 now na- the the subject around them is going to shift. I know it's it's a fucking tricky one. It's a tricky, tricky one.
1: I'm not see. I'm not talking about the scene, and I'm, I'm I apologise if I did say the scene. What I'm talking about is the industry. Oh, yeah. And I think the the levels of racism has completely changed within the industry, um, and so for artists, and I, I mean a relatively new change. It's happened in the last since George Floyd. It's happened recently. This change. Yeah yeah um and so but the, the history for people like me who have been in the industry for a long time we've got a lot of history with it and years of fighting it and so it's hard when people are like oh i've been doing it for two years i've been held back it's hard to see because you're like two years you don't fucking know what it's like to be held back
0: you're like um, i was here the day it's I think it's, I don't know. You and me are an example of this though because I've been doing this for four or five years now and you've been in this for like a decade, right? And there's big difference between our experiences as people of colour in the industry, not just because we're different races but also because I'm coming into this now where people want to elevate me for my career. um, Elevate me in my career because I am a person of colour and I have an interesting perspective and a different perspective. But there's still like different prejudices that like there's their own unique prejudices now that only gen z's coming into the industry now will face for example people think i'm the messiah of everything and expect me to answer all the questions about race yeah Um, and i'm like 23 and i don't know shit and people are like well you're 23 you should know better no no i shouldn't i'm fucking 23 what do you think like what do i know about race i am just understanding the world shut up
1: (laughs) here's the thing as well how long have cinnamon babe been going
0: uh, I don't know. I think it's... I don't even know if they're... Wait, hold on. What was the...
1: Because I can't find much.
0: It's the Ultimate Sinner. There you go. I keep calling them Cinnamon Babe. I don't know why.
1: Oh, they're not Cinnamon Babe. No. Okay, so the band are called Ultimate Sinner. We apologise for getting that name wrong.
0: Yeah, but it's Ultimate Sinner with a C, which is why I thought it was Cinnamon.
1: Like, the first resp- the first post I can find on Instagram is November, 2021. And you, I don't feel like you can come forward and have this, we've been repressed, we've been oppressed, we've had the white man holding us back in rock when when your first post is in November, 2021. People coming into this scene and monetizing their struggle feels like a direct insult to people who actually went through the struggle. It's a direct insult to people like me who have been here, and then get can often get overlooked and passed over by people who are ca- who are cashing in on this thing that has never held them back, but they're using the fight of people like me who it has held back.
0: I 100 agree. That's
1: that's where I get angry about it. Anyway, anyway, um, moving on, moving the on. The
0: topic of social media. Um, did you see that there's an email Wendy's? Yes. Emo Wendy's, Emo Wendy's, Emo Wendy's. I'm this close to going to Emo Wendy's, standing outside and asking people if they know Three Wendy's songs. So basically...
1: <laughs> oh my God.
0: If you don't know, they opened a Wendy's in, um, in Camden in London in the uk and they used to have a wendy's here like many many years ago but it closed because it wasn't that popular
1: but now it's popping because wendy's has a great social media presence so um and camden used to be famously very alternative less so now but it tries to still pretend it is
0: yeah so camden camden used to be very alternative so they um they put one in camden and there was a punk wendy's there was a uh I think it I
1: don't even know what it was like so it's a like a scar. picture of a punk a picture of an emo
0: and then a Scar Wendy's
1: maybe what's this? like
0: a, a rockabilly one have a I look at
1: them see what you think they are
0: but there was an emo and a punk one so Emo Wendy's was born I tweeted about it it went viral I put it on TikTok it went viral Emo Wendy's got back to me I'm now I'm I'm and then oh my god the fucking Wendy's account had the audacity to be like oh my god twinning because I took a picture outside <laughs> Oh my hair matched the Emo yeah,
1: you do look very similar. That's I'm a good shout. Pain. I'm in pain.
0: But yeah, there was that. And then speaking of emo, um, I brought you my bullets. You brought me your love by My Chemical Romance. Turned 20!
1: <laughs> 20 years old! I
0: was three when it came out! Shut
1: up! <laughs>
0: three! Like,
1: oh, I'm, wow. 20 years old. That's amazing. So people celebrating on social then?
0: Yeah, yeah. It went viral. Hashtag bullets 20. Um, I didn't know this. The guy from Thursday, Joff? Jeff,
1: I don't know. You said Off. that Jeff. guy. Ge- what? It's G e Je- o f. You know that's how you spell Jeff. G-E- G e G e o f f. It's like spelling like. No, Jeff is G No, Jeff is J e f f. So, do you know the way? Sometimes, no offense to American listeners, you know the way sometimes Americans take a word and simplify it.
0: Oh, is this like yoga it's, and yoga again?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's pronounced Jeff.
0: Okay, well, I didn't know that he produced that album. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, yeah, the guy from wow. Thursday produced that album for MCR. And then, yeah, it was the beginning of... They toured with Every Time I Die on that album release. Wow. Which is like such a throwback. I didn't realise Every Time I Die I were that old. Um. Yeah, like, damn. Wow, Okay. But what a dramatic album. That is so, that's such a 2003 album. It, I brought you my yeah. bullets. You brought me your love. Like, and it's so
1: good. It's so good. I know.
0: Can you believe we saw them live together? That was such a main I know. Right? That was such a beautiful moment. You can follow us at WeWearBlackPod on Twitter and Instagram or WeWearBlackPod at gmail.com. You can email us. I'm at Yasmin Suman X on everything. Sophie is I am at Sophie K on everything. No, what are you?
1: Who ah. are you? <laughs> I am Sophie K on everything.
0: And then I am Sophie K X on TikTok. No,
1: no, no. I've changed it now.
0: Oh my God, purr. Um, Well, that was a really fun episode. We haven't done Words of Wisdom. The Words of Wisdom today are don't let Sophie out the house. No,
1: I'm kidding. Wow. Wow. That's where we're going. That's how cruel we're being this week. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, okay. My Words of Wisdom are um, just have respect. Don't try and create spaces which divide people just create unity because that's what My Chemical Romance were all about 20 years ago and it's the message that they've always sung about and I think it's the most important message we've ever had in this scene of rock and emo We'll see you next week, bye! Bye! You were listening to On Wednesday's We Wear Black Please rate and subscribe so that we can keep doing what we do Special thanks goes out to the Nova Twins for the badass music and Wargasm for the killer screams. See you next week.